Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Farm View with Kieran O'Connor on WLR. Brought to you by glanviaconnect.com. Hello and welcome to Farm View. Well, as usual, it's Kieran O'Connor here with your weekly show. And once again, I have a very busy programme for you this week. Well, on this week's program, I visit one of Waterford's new signpost farms aimed at improving environmental and sustainable dairy farming in Waterford. I'll also hear about the 2020 Beef Club's EU Awards, which was presented recently. And plus, I talk to Lee MacDonald of dungarvan based Legacy Cider. And plus, as always, we'll have our farming calendar. Farm View with Kieran O'Connor on WLR. With glanviaconnect.com, Ireland's biggest online farming shop and more. Well, recently on our programme, we spoke to Dr. Jerry Boyle, he's head of Chalgask, about the new signpost programme. It's a signpost programme organised to promote really environmentally friendly farming because there's a huge problem out there and people are very much aware. It says that it tells how they will work with farmers to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, reduce ammonia emissions, reduce nutrient losses, enhance biodiversity, save farmers' costs and improve the efficiency of food production. It's a big ask, but they're very much up for the task and in Warford we're fortunate to have two signpost programmes, one in West Warford with Stephen Fitzgerald and one in East Warford and Port Law with Shane Fitzgerald, no relation but earlier in the week I got a chance to drop out two Aglish to Stephen Fitzgerald's farmer first of all I spoke to, with his Chagask advisor Owen Power, Owen this programme you've been working closely with Shane, a big ask a lot of uh, issues out there but something that farmers haven't been shying away from No Kieran. look uh, farmers are well aware of the issues that are out there and you know environment and sustainability is, is playing a big part and is in the media all the time and look you'll see later on what, what Stephen has been doing on his farm to, you know he's, he's not burying his head in the sand and he's not ignoring the fact that there are issues there on farm but there's probably 10 or 12 actions that's, that uh, Stephen has focused on not just this year but over the last number of years he's building up a, a story Now the whole area of carbon footprint greenhouse grass emissions we're all very much aware of it but to tackle this first of all are we talking about a real long 5 to 10 year plan or can big improvements be made in the short term or is this a long term? Look there's some actions they'll take they'll take years for them to, to come through like you know breeding the right type of cow that's a long story but you know you start today and you do it there's other actions like spreading the, your slurry in, in a more environmentally friendly technique like using low emissions spreading slurry you know you can switch from can to protected urea those things can have a big impact you know relatively short space of time in space of six months like you know they're working straight away you know incorporating clover it takes a bit of time you know because it usually only goes in every seeding time but maybe look over sown uh, clover into existing swarts will will speed up the process as well so there are actions that will you know definitely change greenhouse gas emissions straight away now the whole idea of the signpost program because i think jerry boyle mentioned in the interview with me that it's so important that farmers see other farmers uh, taking on these new technologies because it's grand to have more pack up there for an open day but to see a farm like the Fitzgerald farm here taking on these new innovations as such and definitely seeing the impact it has yeah definitely look farmers really learn from other farmers and especially if it's in your local area having one of these signpost farms that's where you know the real benefits and you know other farmers when they see something happening locally you know and they, they'll hear you know the stories that's you know whether things work or don't work and that's where people you know take on the the, the change and embrace new change and new techniques i will talk to the man himself Stephen Fitzgerald Stephen, of course i've spoken to you several times uh, you're of course also an open source 
farmer and parts of the programme with Chagas Gandlambia. This whole idea of the signpost programme, great concept, but was it difficult for you to make up the decision when you were approached to become one? Uh, no, Kieran. Like we all know the challenges ahead of farmers and like no farmers are afraid to take it on and are willing to do it. It's in our interest to mind the environment and mind our, our business at the end of the day. So like when we were presented with the challenge, we, we jumped at it and like we've been doing a lot of these things over the years anyway. So it's just a part of our farming practice now to embrace all these new technologies. Now, as I said, in the press release, when you launched a signpost program has been launched to help tackle climate change, the greatest environmental challenge of our time, and one that threatens the favourable climate we have for agriculture in Ireland. That's a huge statement. Yeah, massive. Farmers know the role they, they play and the role they have to play in this going forward. We're not afraid to take on the challenge, but we have to be acknowledged for the part we do play in it too. Like, we can't take all the flack and get no reward for what we're, we have and what we're willing to do. Now, before we came on air, I spoke to you about the whole area of biodiversity and planting, but of course, as you say here, we look out here, the fabulous hedgerows, the trees you have, and the expanded uh, hedgerows and ditches that are already there. I think farmers are not getting credit for a lot that's there, and of course also you got involved with planting as well. Yeah, even before all this started, like we've nearly a kilometre of white horn hedges planted the last few years and over 200 trees, just for our own benefit, for our benefit for our own farm. Like, they're all small things. Everything we've taken on, they're all small things, and hopefully they'll make a bigger impact o- over time. As regards the whole methane effort, uh, what steps can you take to improve that? Uh, the slurry, how we're managing our slurry and our fertiliser, all small things like that have massive impacts on how we're doing. Like we're spreading all our slurry now with trailing the shoe and we're making better use of it. The whole farm now you could say is getting slurry at some stage of the year and we've changed from can to protected urea. All small measures like this. What difference does that make for the outsider listening in? Uh, we, we've said this several times on the problem about switching from can to protected urea. What's the benefit there? It's, it's very similar grass growth for us. We grew 13 tonnes of grass last year and we'll probably do the same again this year. With this, it's just a different form of fertiliser. It's better for the environment and just takes an extra bit of managing and getting used to it on the farm but it's just better for the environment. And of course as I mentioned you're part of the open source farm and I spoke to you before about this whole area of grassland management. The outsiders listening to us are saying my god measuring grass. The benefits of that both for you as a farmer and from an environmental point of view. Yeah like I'd say we walk the farm I'd say 40 times a year just to know what we have on the farm because if, if you don't know what you have you can't manage what you have. Then we're able to tailor our fertiliser or slurry to the paddocks that we know that we're able to grow the grass and the paddocks need improving. Reflecting the cows, the performance of the cows and the cattle. Now cows and breeding and the, the EBI and that whole area has become so scientific but the importance of that getting that right can have a huge impact as well both from an economic point of view and also again from an environmental point of view. Yeah, like currently the EBI is 191 in the herd here at the moment. Like I always said it's easy to have a good cow. Economic bad breeding yeah, index. Yeah, the EBI. It's, it's easy to have a good cow as a bad cow. So you still have to get up in the morning to milk, milk her. So we put a lot of evidence is into breeding the right cow for our system so we're trying to get as as much milk out of and much solids out of every cow we have and it reflects in the profit then of the farm going forward so number wise just before we come in here you mentioned 160 cows for this farm you're really maximizing uh, this area have you a bit of beef running as well yeah myself and my father we're farming here together so we have the beef and the dairy running together and we kind of share it and work to them hand in hand as regards the parlor itself again you're seeing a future here when you mentioned that you're going looking at building a new parlor that's really you putting up your hand and say you're in this for the long haul yeah 100 percent like for my own lifestyle and for family lifestyle and things like that like 
the more efficient the propeller is energy-wise and time-wise, the better it is for us in the long run. We're going to make it as energy efficient, come back to the environment as we can. We're going to put in variable speed motors and all the effort we can and solar panels and all these kind of things like to help. As regards people listening on the outside, you're here on a family farm, you're back working with your dad. Is it a partnership or, or what, what kind yeah, of system? Is, yeah, 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 it is a partnership, yeah. 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 At what stage did you feel that farming was for you or were you always a man for the yeah, farm or was even, it were you a late convert? No, in primary school even like, yeah. like you'd be waiting for three o'clock to come to come home and plan your wellies and go out and things like that like mm. whether but I, you're lucky you have your mum and your, and your dad Richie and yeah 100% and, like, and we all play it or we all have our own pair to play in it like, and that's how it should be like you know. so if people listening on the outside because there's been a lot of talk of greenhouse gases and the whole area of methane gases and whatever what do you say to people that are saying dairy farmers are causing a huge problem to the environment and, and are sticking their head in the sand or something oh it, 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 it's hard to argue with some people but farmers know the role we have played in the environment and what we have to do going forward. So every farmer, it's a topic of conversation, every discussion group, every farmer you talk to, they realise the pressure that's coming on farming and they're willing to put their hand up and say, look, we'll take this, we'll, we'll challenge it as best we can and we'll see where it goes. And of course there's costs involved. A lot of what we're talking about here, these new technologies cost money. So yeah. uh, people on the outside mightn't realise you're inv- willing to invest heavily in, when you even talk of protected urea and the, and the, and the whole yeah. trailing shoe. Like everything we've done has come at a financial cost but at the end of the day we can't take these challenges we, we can't do these things without putting money into it and we will get a reward for it in the long run and you feel yourself we mentioned it again earlier the whole area of what when you look out here beautiful uh, lush grass you have the the hedges you have the trees and that people that you're not getting the credit for the positives there's a lot of negativity against farmers at yeah, the there, yeah there seems to be there's a lot of pressure coming on farmers it feels like I, I won't say we're being attacked we, we are in a degree like we know what we have like our livelihoods depend on what we have and like we're willing to accept our role in improving the whole thing like well definitely you, you've put your hand up you're a signpost farmer and final work to own power own of course part of this whole idea of a signpost farmer you have a guy like Stephen and Shane Fitzgerald down in uh, Port Law is that other farmers will be able to come and see firsthand what's here and hopefully with, when we get over this whole COVID that uh, I suppose that is the big aim of this and indeed the figures coming from the farm Yes Kieran and look as I said farmers learn from other farmers and like our, our purpose of these farms is having them in the local area we'll have farm walks so as you said when COVID is finished and over please God sooner um, and we'll have these farm walks and we'll be able to demonstrate you know what, what Stephen is doing like and demonstrate you know his hedges his slurry management his nutrient management plants his protected ureas in all the different aspects that he's doing on the farm to try and combat. And are you confident that these measures will will end up with a positive result as regards this whole environmental impact? Definitely. Like, you know, if you do a small bit in every area, you're definitely going to have a big improvement over the whole uh, scheme of it. Owen Power at Chagas and Stephen Fitzgerald, thanks for having us out here this morning. Best of luck in the future. And we look forward to the big open day here, hopefully, early next year. Stephen, thanks for that. Thanks, Kieran. Well, the 2020 Beef Love has recently taken the coveted European Award for Cooperative Innovation. The 2020 Beef Love, of course, is a partnership between Zambia, Ireland and Keypack, has won that coveted award for Cooperative Innovation in the international competition. It was shortlisted under the Economic Value Creation category. And to tell us all about it, we're joined from Keypack by their Agri-Business Development Manager, Mick O'Dowd. Mick, welcome back to our programme. Thanks very much, Kieran. Delighted to speak with you again. Mick, first of all, congratulations. Fantastic honour for yourselves and Zambia, Ireland. You might give the background to the awards and how 
how important this award was for both of you. Oh yeah, yeah, we're really we're really proud of the award. Jika is the General Confederation for European Agri Cooperatives and represents uh, thousands of cooperatives across Europe. So it's a pretty prestigious award, and um, awarding us with this award, uh, the judges said it, that the 2020 Beef Club was a, to, to quote them an, an innovative beef production model that's integrated right across the supply chain and has at its heart the long-term economic and environmental sustainability of its farmer members, and that's that really was a great endorsement of the work that we've been doing over the last few years with the programme and um, yeah as I say delighted that we, we, we won it. Now, there was over 100 entries from right across Europe and the judges said that you're an outstanding innovation that creates a valuable impact to the value chain. You might explain to our listeners the actual background to the 2020 Beef Club and what makes us stand out fr- from others. It, it was launched by the Minister for Agriculture in April of 2019 Kieran, but a lot of work had gone in between Glambia and Keepak prior to that obviously and by, by with, with farmers as well in terms of getting feedback from farmers. So I suppose primarily it's about bringing more certainty to the beef farmer. It's about improving the quality of the of the beef calf that's coming off the dairy herd. Uh, and I, 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 how we do that really is is through genetic and the farmer is obviously getting a full support package from the team and good guidance on the type of genetics to be using on their herd. Coupled with that is the nutrition support that comes from the Glambia team. So all the inputs are for, for that farmer are and, and their production system are sourced through Glambia. And and as I mentioned already, it comes then both of those things are with a support package which we call the technical support team coming from both Glambia and the Keepak side. In the initial phase of the development of the calf, mainly it's coming from the Glambia side, but closer to the finishing stage, the Keepak team right. will be involved with the farmer uh, on, on, a, on a weekly basis. And then crucially, which I suppose the Kojika called out, is there's a guaranteed pricing structure there for the farmer. So when the farmer registers their calves in the programme, they know that two years' time when they come to process that animal, they know that the, the guaranteed pricing structure that they will they will uh, be able to obtain for that animal. How difficult was it for you to give that guarantee because to, uh, for any system to give a guarantee two years out is, is pretty unique in its own how do you guard against being able to, to do that from the from the whole um, 2020 beef club so the guarantee not setting a specific price it's given a guaranteed premium above the market so it's a very clear transparent model to the farmer so if the right. farmer is is registering their calf today it's that they know how much they will be above the market in two years time or whenever they come to, to process their animal so what we do is is we, we look at the average of the base price that's been paid across all the industry throughout the country at the time of processing and that average becomes the base price, the starting price and above that then the farmer gets a 2020 premium plus any of the other bonuses that will will go right. for uh, quality assurance, breed bonus, Aberdeen Angus or Hereford but also then there's seasonality bonuses within mm. the club as well so for the, for the April, May, June period those bonuses or additional bonuses are available to the farmer as well. Mick, was it the case that Keepak, indeed Glambia Ireland as well, saw an opportunity here because was it the case that farmers weren't producing the right type of animal beef from breed, feed, management, that, that what you required from a processor point of view and for, in the end, the consumer, there was an opportunity there to produce really what the consumer wants and to do it in a timely fashion and a very economic and indeed environmentally friendly fashion. Absolutely. Like, uh, as I alluded to earlier, Kieran, there's, there's a number of kind of pillars to what we were trying to design, you know. Uh, one of them was bringing more certainty 
they did a beef farmer. One of them was improving the quality of the calf coming off the dairy herd. Another was providing a guaranteed market for, for that animal and then listening to the consumer and responding to the, you know, the, the with, a, with a product that has strong environmental credentials. And would you feel that a lot of the farmers involved now, a lot would have dairy background, but the grassland management of the dairy farmer has really moved on to an unbelievable high, probably one of the best in the world. And would you feel a lot of people involved in the dry stock, there was room for improvement there. So between Quebec and Glenby Early, saw the opportunity indeed the genetics area as well. And bringing the animals forward to slaughter four and a half months young than the national average. That was a huge uh, key factor for this program. It was. You know, we, we speak a lot about the financial rewards and the, you know, what the price is and what the premium is. But really, uh, what, what the farmers and the members have come back to us more than anything has been the technical support. And that's that support coming from the Glambia team around nutrition, around grassland management, around genetics, and then ensuring that the animal is well finished and ready for, for, for processing. And that's something we keep repeating. It's a mantra to all our members we want to achieve in every bone as possible so right. make sure the animal is well finished hitting the weight spec and uh, coupled with that which you mentioned is that by doing all that there's greater efficiency coming through their system the steers are being slaughtered on average at 24 months the, the heifers at 22 months and as you mentioned that's that's on average about four months younger mm. than the national average It's a fantastic achievement considering you've just set up in April 2019 number wise where are you this year where are you going forward or is there a ceiling happening for the numbers that you can handle within this 2020 beef club? Oh yeah, no, no, no ceiling. Uh, in the in the first year, in the the pilot phase, we we targeted six thousand cattle, and that that's what we achieved. And they they're they've all been processed. They were 2019 born calves. The 2020 born, uh, they will start to come through from next month on. And there's about twenty thousand of those registered and in the system. And then already for the 2021 born uh, calves, o- over thirty thousand of those have been registered and, and um, contracted already. So it's, it's, it's progressing steadily and uh, exactly as planned. Well, unfortunately, because of COVID restrictions, the official ceremony I know has been postponed, I believe, till the uh, early December 2021 in Brussels. It's a fantastic achievement for Glenby Ireland and for Keypack and indeed getting the special award at the Award for Cooperative Innovation in the whole area of economic value creation. Mick O'Dowd to yourself and O'Dowd to Martin Ryan and Glenby Ireland, all involved. Fantastic. Well done. Keep up the great work and I'm sure the farmers within the region who have been involved are thrilled to be involved and let's hope we'll have a bigger uptake over the next year or two. Mick O'Dowd from Keypack, of course, Agribusiness Development Manager at Keypack. Mick, thanks for taking our call and once again, congratulations. Thanks very much, Kieran. Farm View with Kieran O'Connor on WLR. With GlanviaConnect.com. Thousands of products in the palm of your hands. And you're welcome back to part two of Farm View. Now, before I talk to Lee McDonald of Legacy Cider, I want to remind you once again what fantastic ray of farmers' markets and country markets we have around the city and county. This Saturday morning, Warford Farmers Market, John Robert Square, Tremor Farmers Market, Priest Road, Tremor, and Strably Farmers Market every Saturday morning from 10 until 1. On Sunday, you've choices of Lismore Farmers Market, Castle Avenue, Lismore running from 10 until 4, while the Ardmore Farmers Market just off the beach car park runs every Sunday from 11 until 3. Thursday morning, Dungarvan Farmers Market, Grattan Square running from 9 until 2, while on Friday mornings, we've Dungarvan Country Markets at the Scouts Den and Abbey side from 9 till 1 while also on Friday mornings we've Warford Farmers Market in St Olive's Hall also running from 9 until 1 Farm View with Kieran O'Connor on WLR
with glanviaconnect.com, Ireland's biggest online farming shop and more. So to get an update on how COVID has affected business in the place in the food and drink area and particularly here in West Warford, earlier in the week I went along to the cidery in the Dungarvan Business Park to catch up with the man himself from Legacy Cider, Liam MacDonald. First of all, Liam, last time I was with you was in the middle of lockdown and indeed the effect it was having with restaurants and pubs closing. How has it gone for you overall as we're thankfully coming out of all of this? Oh, Karen, thank God it's much better. I mean, what when we were talking last it wasn't a, a good scene really and uh, now thank God yeah, things are opening up we've outdoor dining which is good and more importantly the weather the weather is good the sun is out people are much more positive and you know listen right. sometime is, uh, is cider time so that's good and you've mentioned several times before legacy comes comes from the legacy and it doesn't get better than from the McDonald's who originated of course from Tallow Wilsey your grandfather your uncle Willie and of course your dad Pat so involved over the years so a great name for a great product really a local based product absolutely Kieran. yeah and the apples that we're using like we would have started out with uh, Elstar Katie Bramley they're all of the original apples that would have been grown in my dad's um, fruit farm back in in Corraheen from my grandfather so it's all still keeping within tradition like that now obviously it's a very competitive market and we know the dominance of the um, Bulmers and and Magners and, and some other international products how difficult was it has it been for you to break and definitely you must be thrilled with the, the fabulous range that you now have achieved yeah yeah well it is no it's definitely a battle like um, we're such a small proportion of uh, of the cider market it's obviously dominated by your likes of Bulmers and Rockshore and and, uh, and and the other big big ones we're making our way in like the combination of the partnership now with with Longway Cider has been fantastic yes. so we have an extra three ciders in which are Longway's Elderflower we've got Sweet Katie and we've got Longway's Medium Dry and they're very different to the current range that we'd have so this is after adding a huge amount to our range of course that was a great move for yourself and James from, from Longways in in South Tip came together and now you have an option of the six or seven products when you go to a restaurant when you go to a supermarket now you have a fantastic range across all tastes with Insider No, it works much better and it's much easier for people to, to purchase from it as well as that our range is kind of wider now so you've got some like the Elderflower would be f- kind of for a younger age group and the Legacies are for an older age group so we've got a range to satisfy everyone but as well as that Kieran, one of the big pluses with uh, James and myself joining as a, as a partnership was that kind of James is all about production he loves being in inside in the, the cidery working away helping us out on the production side of it and I'm kind of more on the road in the sales element so we just bounce off each other really well Now I'm here in the cidery there's vats all over the place but there's a lot of barrels as well has the timber made a difference that the old timber barrel or is it the more modern vats that prove to be the better? Well the modern vats are great so the big steel tanks that you see there are, are great for, for holding the stock like what we do is we, we press in the in the autumn as soon as the apples are harvested we press all of our apples and that's all that we have like for instance this year now we're doing uh, 120,000 litres that's a lot of Ooh. apples now I'll tell you <laughs> a lot of squeezing there a lot of squeezing there and yeah. as regards the, the time it takes is it a bit like wine the longer yeah, the better yeah, or, yeah. Or, or is there a minimum time is there a maximum time well it's it's not so much kind of the, well I suppose the longer the better preventing with, you yeah with the really uh, high end stuff but like we're so different to beer people kind of throw us into the same bucket as beer but we're miles apart from it we're just like wine so basically you get all of your pure apple juice we ferment that and from that point it takes about six months at least right. to make the cider we squash all of our apples as i said you get all of your your volume and uh, and that's all that you have for the rest of the year you must be delighted the support you've got you've gotten uh, thankfully they're all starting to open and hopefully uh, open outdoors and now hopefully indoors yeah. restaurants hotel bars and indeed the supermarkets within warford in the southeast 
Yeah, yeah. Oh no, Kieran, it's like it's fantastic. Our stale sales are still predominantly down in, in County Waterford. Like we're we're uh, breaking into the into the Dublin market and the Cork market, but uh, it's all about Waterford. But like it's the you know it's the restaurants have really backed us. Uh, Dungarvan has been fantastic. And the golf clubs. <laughs> and the golf clubs. West Waterford Golf Club. Austin's after getting some more uh, legacy yeah. out there now. So I know they're great. You know, and like it, without them we wouldn't be here. Like. Liam, listen, it's a fantastic story. I know your dad very much involved, and he was a real. He still is a great inventor when he came to the corner at the miniature apple tree and your granddad Willie and uh, your uncle Willie up in Tallow you're keeping up a great legacy I'm delighted that you've survived this difficult year for everyone involved I'm delighted to hear that it's going so well and now with the fantastic range you have at Longways and Legacy and of course the Legacy Dry you wouldn't get better Liam thanks for talking thanks very much Karen. and before I go on the racing front we had a good week again for local Watford Connections Cross Channel we had wins for Dungarvan Jock Trevor Whelan at Wolverhampton Bellion and E native Pat Phelan saddled the winner at Linkfield while Dungarvan native Dennis Cole Saddle a good winner at Salisbury. Well, back home at Stapman again, Henry de Bromad. What a week again for Henry de Bromad. Henry saddle winners at Leperstown Cork as well as a double at Limerick. While also had wins for Dylan Robinson, the Warford jockey at Cork, Kappa trainer Declan Queeley at Kilbegan, Warford's Robert and Noel Dooley from Tremor combined to a great success also at Kilbegan, while the Fasty for Fun Syndicate were in the winner's enclosure at Limerick, and ring owner breeder Mary O'Donnell was back in the winner's enclosure at Sligo. Great week all round for local connections. Well, that's it for this week's program once again my thanks to ollie and sean for all their help in putting this week's program together so keep up that protocol and hopefully i'll have your company again same time next week farm view with kieran o'connor on wlr with glanviaconnect.com ireland's biggest online farming shop and more with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.